This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ready to rock and roll in the next hour. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick. Jam-packed once again. Boys, I snuck in 18 holes before today's show, and I'm feeling really good. Anyone who watches on YouTube can tell, right? They're like, they see the attire. They're just like me yesterday, the way I was dressed. They're like, we know. And I had a, I had a legendary foursome today. Yeah. Uh, not that my dentist is legendary, Stan Vasilaskos, but uh, oh, I got... Oh, sounds a little Greek. Oh, yeah. Very Greek. Yeah. Uh, but Rod Black, of course, oh, no legendary way. sportscaster. Yeah. And Bruce Good from the Good Brothers, yes. legendary musician. He even we even snuck in a few Gordon Lightfoot stories, nice. which I, I can't repeat. But the best part of today is my putting was on fire today. You got you put the reps in. And I, who took a picture today? Of, uh, I of, did. Uh, you took the picture today, <laughs> yeah. which I it's, loved. It's uh, it's got Sammy in it taking a full nine iron swing, which <laughs> full swing in I the think office now. If if people are upstairs in the Rogers office, they're going, okay, that's uh, that's an HR <laughs> issue in itself. Uh, but then there was me putting on what you bought, like, in October. Yeah, it's a crucial part of our and show. I'm trying to explain to the guys that I played with today, yeah. the reason why my putting's so good is because you spent $69.95 on Amazon. It's the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory, uh, theory. You put in enough time, you just you get better. I don't know. Yeah. And and I'm other, glad to see a payoff for you, though. And, and the other thing that I got a kick out of the most is that Sammy put out the picture yep. of him swinging mm-hmm. and me putting. And all anybody wants to talk about is how Sammy's legs look like piano sticks. <laughs> I'm getting, getting I'm getting roasted for I'm getting skinny shamed. You are. You're getting yeah, buried. Just yesterday okay. we had the Manoa conversation. We're careful with it. You're getting buried for it's, the chicken legs. Listen, I've uh, I'm proud of these stems. They're long, they're they're lean, they're luxurious. Oh. They've carried me through this this long in life. It's six they're doing foot five. Great. It's tough to five. have. Yeah. I, hey, yeah, would you rather be five six and have crappy legs, or six five and have luxurious legs? So I'm surprised he doesn't tip over. <laughs> there is nothing sturdy about those things. I'm guessing it's hot, hard to take a hit with that center of gravity when you're built like a, like uh, a tower. Correct. Yeah. Anyways, I uh, you know. A little sensitive to people crushing my legs. It is. It is truly hilarious, though. The because uh, Kip's calves are the size of a you know, <laughs> turkey leg things, in medieval times. You can see those things from space. <laughs> As someone once said, "Those aren't calves. Those are cows." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, has anybody All ever right. seen Wayne Simmons' legs? He's got chicken legs too. Okay. We got Mike Kelly coming up in a few minutes. Uh, we'll get uh, some of the analytic numbers out in the first two games. And we'll get his thoughts on, is this thing over mm-hmm. or not? Yeah, it sounds like Gudis is going to play for Florida in Game 3, which is a nice development for the Panthers. He's been a big part of their success. Guys, he got pasted by Barbashev, though. The reverse hit there, eh? Hey, what goes around comes around. Yeah. You can take a run at enough guys and people come to expect it, and you're going to wear a couple back. Uh, how, how would, uh, I don't know, David Camp feel about uh, Gudis. He enjoyed that moment. He, I know uh, Sam thinks he's a bit of a phony since Aston Reese tried to fight Gudis and he wouldn't fight him. So, he Sam, you, you probably enjoyed that. He's too. a fake tough guy. Fake tough guy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Takes runs. He's that, only but, six but, feet. But, I thought but his a... toughness now is more than enough. Like, in my era, yeah. that guy would have been bluffed right out. 100%. 
But because fighting is diminished so much, he actually can get away with being almost legit tough without the fighting part. Yeah. You know, if you hit if you hit JB yeah. like that consistently, I don't think you need the fighting. No, I think the Leafs in 82 games this year had something like 11 fights or something like that. I mean, it might have been 10 or 11 in that range. Yeah. Um, you know, so that goes so once every eight yeah. games someone gets in a fight for him. You don't have to fight a lot. And, and I don't see too many guys challenging him constantly where it's the – if it gets to the point where you're turtling or you're yeah. just not – looking a guy in the eye and it sends the bad vibe back to your bench, then there's an issue to be had there. Yeah. But it doesn't appear like he's getting challenged a ton no. uh, because of the way he plays. Yeah. No, and he does. He does provide something a little bit unique for that team. So uh, I'm glad he's back. You want you want every team to be fully locked and loaded um, with their best players in the final. So. All right, in about 15 minutes, we're also going to welcome in Al Morganti, a co-host of WIP Morning Show in Philadelphia. He also does uh, pre- and post-game for the Flyer games. Uh, they pulled off a, a big trade. And, you know, the thing that struck me the most hearing about it mm. yesterday was this stuff doesn't happen during a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and was there now a, it does. Was there a time when like maybe the league didn't like it? Um, or said you couldn't do it or it, it just never seemed to happen. I think in a perfect world they'd they'd rather not. Yeah. But if people need to do business, yeah. Their drafts a few go, weeks go, away, you got to make your go. moves. Yeah. And it it did come in through the window of a few days off True. where it's quiet. Yeah. So certainly they 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 wouldn't have announced it on, I think, a day of a game. Right. All right, let's welcome in Mike Kelly, hockey analyst specializing in analytics with the NHL Network and Sport Logic. Mike, what's going on? It's been a while, man. Yeah, doing well, Kipper. Thank you. Um, not a lot, just waiting for games. I, I love the cup final, as I'm sure every, uh, every hockey fan does, but you don't get the games every night. Um, so... Are you, Boy, do you do a lot of digging. Are, are you traveling or are you doing all uh, all your work from uh, remote? I am remote. I'm uh, not at the cup final this year, um, which, you know, I was, was uh, fortunate and happy to be there uh, in Denver last year. But, man, would this have been a good one given the two cities we're talking about. <laughs> I would have done a pro bono, fellas. Just get me the flights and hotels and I'll do it for free. Yeah. No, it's a. It sounds like people are having a good time uh, yeah. in both oh, cities, yeah. so that's pretty pretty enviable for sure. Um, Maybe best that I'm not there then. Yeah, you know what, a guy like me, I should probably stay away from those places. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on you know where the series sits right now and the possibility of Florida back in their home barn, uh, rallying and finding a way back into it. It's an uphill battle, uh, that's for sure. Like Vegas completely dominated that last game. Um, and, you know, like for me, they got to help themselves, the Panthers, first of all. Like before you can even look at how do you react to what Vegas is doing to you, you got to help yourself. And the amount of penalties they've taken, uh, times they put themselves shorthanded, um, it's way too much. And they're trying to bait Vegas into this thing that's just not working. Um, and they're, they're getting frustrated. So, like I look at Bobrovsky and, you know, how much of it's on him. Well, he's, he's been okay 
he's he's obviously not been the superhuman goalie that he was in the last couple of rounds, but like he's been beat four times on screenshots. All right. In two games, he was beat five times on screenshots in the first three rounds. So that's a big uptick. Right. Well, three of those screens have been by his own players. So you got to help your goalie. You, you got to be better defensively in front of him. You got to stay out of the box. And that, then we're talking about, you know, Vegas and how you can try to counterattack what they're doing. So Mike, when you, when you stare at the numbers and, you know, you mentioned a few things, including Bobrovsky, and if, yeah, if he plays better and gives up less goals uh, high, we get all that. But was there signs in those first two games where you saw the numbers and said, Florida, I don't think can overcome this? You know what? It's, it's a funny thing is that the first game, Florida was right there with them at even strength. And it was tied, you know, 2-2 after the first, or the first two periods. But at even strength, I mean, it was just the, the penalties that really killed them. And things got away from them in the third. Just from a numbers standpoint of, you know, quality shots, um, different chance types, you know, Florida's actually producing more off the rush than Vegas is. Um, they're not getting blown out of the water, I guess, to the extent that you would maybe think given, you know, watching the games and seeing, you know, three or more goal differentials in both of them. Some of that score affects and, and, and you know, what have you, but there's definitely been stretches where, again, they, they put themselves in the box and they completely get out of any kind of rhythm. They're missing, like Matthew Kachuk has literally been in the penalty box more than he's been on the ice through two games. Like, it's one of your best players. So. Yeah. I don't think there's, it's like, well, Vegas is so insurmountable because they're doing this thing to Florida that Florida can't figure out. Florida's frustrated. And I go back to the West final where Dallas, like, remember they lost their marbles in game three, Jamie Benn, the cross check, and they're taking penalty. Like Vegas frustrates the hell out of you because you can't get inside on that defense and on that team. And you start to lose it a little bit. Dallas finally reacted I think appropriately and they won a couple of games but it was too late by then because they were down three nothing I think Florida that game has to happen for them in game three next game as opposed to what Dallas was which is game four that's a really good point you can see these teams just push 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 and you know that violent outburst does not seem to be the solution to Vegas I did want to talk about one violent outburst though it was Jack Eichel <laughs> getting hit by Kachuk you know, you're, uh, you know, someone who, you know, Kip mentioned numbers and stuff. Uh, we've been having Con Smythe conversations. That, to me, was a pretty defining moment for Eichel um, in terms of just showing a willingness to take a hit, get back into it, and not shy away the next time out. I don't think he's at the top of people's Con Smythe list at this point. Where does he sit for you? How has he performed due, uh, you know, versus expectations in the playoffs? Uh, man, he he's at the top of my list. He is at the top of your list. A, yeah, like Marshall's right there. The guy's got 12 in his last 12. Uh, he, he's been great. Aiden Hill is making a heck of a case. He's been fantastic, too. Look, I'll put it this way. I w- if you had him at the top of your list, I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, but I don't think there's a, c- a consensus number one right now. Right. Um, because, again, it, it's not just the points. And what, he leads the team in points, doesn't he? he yeah, he does. He did a, a game or two ago anyways. Um his, his overall impact in the game has been significant and, and meaningful. Um, you know, we watched an empty net goal in game one. He's stripping a guy of the puck. He did that against Connor McDavid uh, for an empty net goal in the Edmonton series. Like, his impact in every zone has stood out. 
Um, and it's been way better than it's been, you know, with him in the past where it wasn't bad. It's just, he's, he's taken it to another level. So to do that and still score as much as he has, um, and show up in those big moments, like you talked about, I don't know how you couldn't have him right up there. He, he's been, he's been incredible for them. And the funny thing, like I'm watching that game and I was actually building a little video package that I was going to tweet out just on how good he is at protecting the puck and using his body to shield guys away and make plays. Like, it's kind of like dry sidle in, in a way right. where he does that. Um, and then he gets blown up. So I'm like, eh, maybe the puck protection angle will wait another game. Um, but, yeah, I know he's been awesome. We're talking to Mike Kelly, hockey analyst and a analytic expert with the NHL Network and Sport Logic. You mentioned Aiden Hill. And we are talking about maybe one of the most successful small sample size <laughs> in Stanley Cup history. Yeah. And he's 27 years old. He's going to be a UFA. And someone mentioned to me that he's 6'6", and I'm like, oh, my God, is he really? Like, that is a big goaltender. Right. And I'm just wondering, Mike, where would he fit in the in the equation of available goalies for you this summer? I, I think you have to be careful. I would say that. Like if I'm, if I'm working in a front office and I'm, you know, in, in a role, analytics role or, or preparing a report, advising, whatever, I'd say you have to be careful not to be, um, you know, blinded a little bit too much by a small sample. And he's been great. Like I often talk with Vegas and, and other teams too wow, do they ever help their goalie, right, by insulating them and not allowing a ton of quality chances, and that's true. On top of that, he has been great. Every bit of accolades he's getting, he should be getting right now. Um, but like you said, he, he's goalie in his mid to late 20s. It is a small sample. Um, and if this turns into, okay, free agent, whether it's Vegas, you know, re-signing him or another team signs him, and it's, you know, four or five years and whatever, four or five minutes, like big contract, I'd be, I, I wouldn't do it. I'd be, I'd be careful about that. I had a, a friend of mine who um, knows a lot about goaltending. who texted me a round ago, just saying like, I know this guy's playing great, but the, technically I, I don't love him as a goalie. And you know, who am I to say, uh, I'm certainly no goalie expert in that sense, but I, I'd be careful as all. Uh, and I, I hate, kind of saying that because of how great he's been i don't want to take anything away from it it's just it is a small sample like you said like what do you think about the idea that there are you know i i'm turning it back to toronto here you know being a leaf show and thinking about some comments brad tree living has made since uh, coming here about how you know guys that get you through the regular season and then there's guys in the playoffs who can help you get through there a different style of player the Leafs have some decisions to make on guys i think uh you know you got michael bunting's a ufa david camp needs a new contract you know, what do you think a priority for this Leafs team should be in signing their UFAs? Do you do you think it is a different style of player that they need in the in the playoffs, or can they continue to kind of, you know, just get in again and then you never know what happens? Look, that's a, it's a great question. Um, I'm not a believer uh, of just build kind of a really good regular season team and eventually it'll be your time. There's certainly some evidence to support that. Uh, I do think that the game is quite different in the playoffs in certain areas that are meaningful and significant. It's 
funny you bring this up because I'm literally finishing a presentation I'm doing for a, an analytics conference in Sweden uh, in a couple of days on part of it on the differences between regular season and playoffs. Mm-hmm. There are things that change uh, to a degree that I would say are meaningful that relate to giving the puck up, like not playing this pure puck possession game, having to battle for it, having to do kind of those gritty type things. Um, but this is where, and I, I'm not a believer that the Leafs should run it back either. Uh, I've never been a believer that they should, you know, run it back with the core four. I think there's, there's too many gaps there. I guess my answer to your question would be, I think the blue line is what needs more work than anything else. And um, we'll see what, what kind of happens there. But yeah, I, I believe that there are big differences in the playoffs. I don't think, and, and I'll, I'll share a couple things with you. So Tampa Bay, the year they got swept by Columbus next year, they win the cup, right? Yeah. Florida wins the president's trophy gets abused by Tampa Bay in the second round. They can't score. And now they're in the cup final. There's several reasons, but commonalities there are, they went from pure, let's carry it out, carry it in, skill it up kind of type game to, we need to give it up and mitigate risk and know how to get it back. Uh, And it happened year over year like that. So I think there's, there is an element of that. And this is where I get conflicted a bit because I look at guys like Matthews and Marner um, who have had trouble scoring and producing in big games, big moments, but they're really good at those things in general. Um, So it's a tricky one. Mike, really appreciate your time as always on our show, man. Enjoy the rest of the uh, Stanley cup final. Thanks for doing this. All right. Sounds good, fellas. Good to talk to you. Thanks Mike. Mike Kelly. Uh, the 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 hard thing for Brad Tree living now is he, there's so many things he can't address, which I include Michael Bunting, mm-hmm. uh, David Kampf. Like those are important UFAs. Those guys played 15, right? 16, 17 minutes a night. But how do you how do you uh, how do you go to them and and figure out if you want them back or what they're worth? until you know what Austin's going to do. And how do you figure out Ryan O'Reilly? Hey, listen, you you gave us up some assets for him. And in a perfect world, you'd like to probably have him back. I'd sure like to see him again. But how how do you you know that until you know what Austin's numbers are? There's such a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if if Austin tomorrow says, I'm not signing long-term, I'm going to play out my option next year, and I'm Matthew Kachuk there, Brad. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the dynamic to sign Ryan O'Reilly changes, does it not? I guess it becomes a higher priority is your point. Like Yes. If, if you and you feel, have the money to do it. Yeah. If you feel that that's who you want. But those, right, that would be the bigger question for me is like, is that what you want to do with the money? Is it, you know? Do you envision... A world where Austin signs his deal, which many believe could be a a three-year deal, and feeling like Austin would be locked in a year from now, say it's 13. Yeah. And John's at 11. Yeah. And Ryan O'Reilly is at what? Like, think about it. Seven, five. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Say say that. Four point seven five. <laughs> yeah. That's still a heck of a lot of money for your top three. It is. hundred percent it is. 
Yeah, it's uh, that is the conundrum. But you mean you've written about Tavares before, and that's just kind of the way you're 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 stuck with that. You know, it's one of those things where you have to hope if he doesn't regress, if Tavares is the player he is this year, if he's the same guy next year, it's not so bad. You know, eleven million's too much, but it's not crippling. If he takes any sort of step back, you're in some trouble. You know, if he's not a meaningful point per game contributor and he's kind of one dimensional for your team, it's real trouble. So Sammy, I'm gonna bring you back in on this. David Kampf. You want him back? Uh it depends what price. Or are you gonna let him walk? Depends what price. Oh, I well, he's at one point five and he wants a raise. Yeah, I mean, I think you could find another David Camp. I don't. I mean, not that you can't find another David Camp, but I, I really like him. And I think he's an important part of this team because he eats up a lot of the dregs. Two and a half times four? I'm going to give him $10 million for four years? David Camp? <laughs> so no, then. No, are you nuts? <laughs> That's too much? Well, again... I if, think he was fifth if, or sixth if, on ice, if, in ice if, time if, among forwards. If in, in some for world, them. you think... You're getting Austin and uh, Tavares and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. I can't go spend two and a half million on my fourth line center. What are you going to spend? You're going to spend one. Who are you going to get? Pontus Holmberg. Pontus. Bring me Pontus. And he would be at eight. It's going to be an eight seventy five. Yeah. Okay. You win. JB. Yeah, that's better. And I like Pontus. I don't know what happened there. I don't either. I don't and get, I, I got questions. I don't get grooming somebody. From say November, December, did he play forty January, games, he was... and then saying, uh, "You know what? We we don't have a spot for you." I don't get that. I'm gonna make some calls. That was weird, right? Like it was really strange that he felt like a, a guy. He's 24 years old. He scored some goals. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna pick All up right, on this conversation, on yep. but uh, as promised, Al Morganti from WIP Morning Show in Philadelphia. Uh, Al, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it because, as I said earlier in our show, prior to you coming on, man, we just don't see these type of deals happen during a Stanley Cup final, do we? No, you don't see it. In, and you, but you used to not to see it in any sport. And, you know, NBA, Sixers hire a coach in the middle of all this. It used to be a – I guess the entire world has lost its politeness. <laughs> So, so it's whatever you need to do, do it right then. And uh, these, this was a, um, it's a curious deal, but it's fascinating to me that an um, inexperienced front office could be involved in this kind of really intricate deal, um, especially at the Flyers' end of it. So it, it was a hard, it was a hard deal to to look at every aspect of it right away. You really had to dig in. And when you think about that, think about how you had to dig in during the um, machinations of putting it together. So I give all the front offices, but especially here in Philadelphia, a brand new front office uh, with Jones and, uh, well, of course, Danny Barrier running the whole show. Really, I give them a, a lot of credit for coming up with a, a really interesting, fascinating, a bit risky, but uh, something that was pretty dynamic for a new crew. Al, was that... Provorov deal tied to the kerfuffle during Pride and all that, or was it just Provorov not playing well and costing them a lot of money? Well, ironically, you really you look at his contract. It, when you look at defenseman contract, you know, wrist line in here, it, it's not that much. No, and but it really didn't have anything to do with the uh, the Pride night thing. Mm-hmm. Although that 
that ruffles some feathers in a locker room too. Um, but overall, to be perfectly honest about it, it, it really didn't cause as much commotion here in Philly as uh, as was reported na- na- across the really? two nations here. No, it really wasn't. It was like, yeah, well, and you see what's happened in the aftermath of it. <laughs> and, you know, whatever, you know, nobody wants to get political, but he really didn't come out as the bad guy, so to speak. But the bad element of him was despite all the minutes that he played, he just never progressed. And I, and I will say what happened with Provorov is, is what happened in the Flyers over the last few years. Their player development was, is and was a big problem because Sanheim hasn't developed the way people thought. Finally, Frost looks like he's coming along. And that was with Provorov. Like, I, I, you know, doing the post game so many years, I, when Provorov was first here, I was like, wow, they've got their number one guy. But he never developed. He never gained a sense of pace in the game, uh, time and score pace. And, you know, he I give him full credit. Played hurt, never, virtually never missed a game, played unbelievable minutes. But mentally, at the end of games, I think he broke down a bit. And I think this past year, he was not a fan of the way the Flyers played. Um, he wanted a more a faster paced game, which would be very difficult with the skill level the Flyers have right now, missing Atkinson and Couturier and the slow, the slowness of the game. I think he was frustrated by it. And I'm really curious to see what he does now with that coaching staff. He's going to um, the way that I think they're going to want to play as a defensive defenseman. He really thinks he's got some offensive spurs and I'm real curious to see how that's going to pan out. Just to revisit the Flyers, get the Blue Jacks, Blue Jackets first round pick. They get uh, the Kings second round pick. They get a prospect, Cal Peterson and a defenseman, Sean Walker. And yeah, they get the goalie. The goalie is going to cost them a lot of money, a lot of money. And that's, uh, yes, that's the risk. <laughs> but I'm looking at this going, this is Daniel Briere's first trade. He's barely in a chair of a general manager full-time without the interim. And Al, I'm sitting there going, home run, Daniel. Yeah. Home run, buddy. Congratulations. And Keith Jones, president, nice job. Yeah, I think so. I, I really, the multi-leveledness of it is, is really interesting. You have to go down a couple of years here. I mean, right now, you're taking on some money. Um, but in the future, you're getting the, you know, I guess the bottom line is they're willing to pay for the future and you're taking on something. You get a defenseman that might fit in. D'Angelo, like, unless they can mend those fences, probably won't be here. So maybe you are getting a guy that's going to play this year and, and help you out. You took the, frankly, took the money um, for the goaltender and now leading to all kinds of, uh, you know, speculation about the goalie here, um, Carter Hart. And so, I mean, I look, I really do. I, I applaud. I applaud the depth of this deal and finding the absolute correct partners, whomever quarterback this whole thing. But I think it had to go through the hub, had to be Philadelphia for willingness to take on. And I guess maybe play a bit of the Arizona rule <laughs> to come on and, and uh, to get your, to get your future set up. And they're, they're not messing around. And they also have the advantage here, guys, the fan base is more than willing to have this. In fact, happy to have this. The only 
the only argument, the only the only downside to the fan base here is what took you so long? Why didn't you why didn't the organization do it a year earlier with all the with, with all the prospects coming in this year's draft? So what do you what does the transition look like in Philadelphia, you know, from the old regime there to Keith Jones, Daniel Briere, John Tortorella is still there. You know, what do we expect the future? How do we expect it to be different than the most recent past of the Flyers? Well, you have to be in the, the biggest difference. You'd have to be here in the city to have the to see the difference that's already here with <clears throat> with the face of the organization, if you will. Um, it's a cor- you know corporate owned uh, Comcast, and but there was really no no face to it. Chuck Fletcher kind of he didn't play well to a fan base. I didn't think he did an awful job here. I think he was hamstrung with some injuries here, but he still never came across as as the face of the franchise. And he had to do the two roles, obviously. Already, I mean, Keith Jones has you know been on every station <laughs> everywhere. And Danny's a, a likable guy and very open. I mean, who comes on, you know, who comes on a, a, a radio show just taking the chair as GM and, and says, yeah, we're, we're, we're open to listening to uh, office for our goaltender. When your goaltender is maybe, maybe one of the best in the world. So, yeah, we're, we're open yeah. to that. Now, you know, that, and that's something that's been missing here. And they actually were a big story in Philly to to have the presence that the Flyers have had over the last month with the Sixers, as I mentioned, changing a coach and the Eagles obviously being the hottest team in, in the city and the, and the Phillies going through their troubles. And, and the Flyers became a big story again. And that had been missing. <clears throat> what, what had been missing in Philly, they just sort of disappeared. And already their, their likability is is far far superior and that and that's in the city more important than that hockey wise i think this trade shows you these guys know you know they have a plan <clears throat> they they have they, they think they have a way to execute it and it's not going to be one step backward then try to do two forward they're going to go step by step and the real bizarre part about this to me and i said this almost every night on when i was doing a flyers game this year the it was like John Tortorella spoke more like a general manager than any coach I'd ever seen. What what coach leaves the bench comes and watches upstairs with the GM to see what direction they're going to be in the future. This really is one of the first times I've seen that. And you know, with Tortorella, you're not dealing with somebody that's oftentimes the easiest to get along with at times and agree with. Uh, but in this case here, he really he he talked more after games at times like a GM than a coach because he's so vested in this and coming in and, and with, and with Danny from the beginning and obviously Jonesy. Al Morgani from WIP morning show in Philadelphia is joining us. Al, in terms of Carter Hart now, it wasn't too long ago. We all had him as the next carry price, man. And it was just an incredible future for the Philadelphia Flyers hasn't really ever hit that level on a, on a real strong consistency. So are Flyer fans going to be okay if they see this guy walk out the door? I think they will, and I don't think they should be as much as they, as they probably will be because of the rebuild. I think a lot of the, the uh, storyline now is, well, what good is having a goaltender this good if the team's not going to contend? Well, in my opinion, he's still very young, 
and I think underrated. You know, when I, you know, I watch it, you know, every game, do the post, do the, you know, between periods. And it's like, I don't think, I don't think he got credit for how good he was this year. He had a, he had a setback year where he kind of, you know, the Flyers was such a mess in front of him. And he kind of, you know, he went, he just really, he really, he went squirrel a couple of nights because it was such a mess in front of him. But this past year, he's really settled down. And I think had a far better year. Um, when you really looked at the games and look at what he was doing. And I don't, I don't get the sense from him that he wants out in any way. You talk to him a lot. He seems very content here. Um, and, you know, you goalies get a lot as free agents, but trades, I, I think rarely do you get value. And, you know, there's that addendum with him, with the whole situation with that, I guess it was the 18 junior team. You know, who knows what's to come of that? Everybody's got a cloud over their head over that. So I, I, I think they'd be they'd accepting of it, and I don't think they should be that accepting of it because I think, I think he's that good. Well, interesting times uh, away from a Stanley Cup final this time of year. Uh, Al, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks so much. That's Al Morganti from The Morning Show in Philadelphia. Flyers are a fascinating team. I, I think the league needs a healthy Flyers team, so I'm rooting for them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Now, in terms of the Flyers, like I said, I, I thought Daniel Briere did great. And, yes, Al's right. Just as long as you have ownership support that you're willing to eat, like, four and a half, five million dollars, you're getting a first rounder, you're getting a second rounder, and you are now getting your team in play to start building immediately. Mm. Like those are going to be good prospects, good sound players that you could, you could start envisioning a better team in two, three, four years. Well, that's, that's the wonder, you know, you, what is that time of the turnaround? And if I'm Keith Jones and Daniel Breer, I'm selling it on a timeline. Same as you mentioned there, if you're John Tortorella, you probably like it to be sooner than two, three, four, right? Like, would like to see the team start to get better next season, but um, yeah, it's it's tough in that division. They, I, I think you have to acknowledge you're not going to win a cup next year and just be patient and let it come to you a little bit, you know? That's the Flyers. Yeah. Can someone... Love that trade for the Flyers. What's that? Love that trade by the Flyers. Yes, me yeah, too. Yeah, Provorov's not helping Well, no, yet. but they're just doing that. They're doing the things that good rebuilds do. Leafs did it here. When Lou yeah. first took over, taking on bad contracts to get assets, get picks, get yeah. young players. It's how you do it. You need to have ownership on board, and it seems like they've got a good chain of command going there now. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Can someone explain to me then, like, what the hell is Columbus doing? Can can someone explain that to me, Provrov? What, like, I think... W- w- what is going on here? Columbus, to me, is impatient. You know, they want to, and this is when you get in trouble, when you want to rush the rebuild. They finished last in the Eastern Conference this year, and they got some players there, whether it's Line A or Goudreau or the, the young cylinder. They're D, they got Wierenski, and they got a few D that can where, play. Where is the game plan? Well, that's a so, good question. Yeah. So you go out and you you get Johnny Goudreau. You don't Goudreau. get Babs to lose, by the way. You, get, you, go, you got Johnny Goudreau on a mammoth contract. And then by the end of the year, you're tanking for Connor Bedard. Yeah. So you want to be the worst in the league. Yeah. 
Yep. And now you want to go yep. get Provorov. Yep. Who has little f- ready, ready to turn it around? Two, two yep. years. What's he? What's he have left on his contract? Provorov. Two years. Two years. You think in two years that guy is resigning there? Well, when they yep. turn it around and show you that they can win, they do have a lot of young D that people like. Yep. You know, Wrensky and Boakvist and uh, is it David Juracek or something? That like, guy, I know, is not staying. You don't think if they finish what, what, fifth, what did he make this year? I think almost what, six million. Six million, five, five and a so, half. So okay, so what do you think he's going to want to stay in Columbus? You think he wants a, a premium on now. that? He ain't. He ain't signing for that. He wants a big raise. Have they officially announced Babs? No, no. they can until I think his contract runs out oh, with the Leafs. Oh, right. actually makes 4.725 for the next Sorry? two years. 4.725 is his contract. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah and what good. did uh, Gavrikov sign? Uh, two by six almost. Two by six. 5.8 something. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually don't mind that with the short term fantastic well you don't mind it if you're la if you're gavrikov is this not a chance to get yourself a nice long yes like five times five or something i will say i was stunned by the two years it's a major bet on yourself type thing if if teams can sign these type of contracts to two or three years yeah do it every time like it's so it'll be great they're movable throw trade them throw everyone an extra half a mil if they'll take a two-year deal and even provorov I bet you this time next year he'll be on the the trading block, right? Yeah. Because they're well, that, not going to be good enough. That's a fair enough. point too, though. They're not going to be yeah. good. They're not going to be that good. No, but it is a good point that they can, you know, hopefully, you know, flip them again and regain some of the assets they gave yeah. up. But I really am of the belief that it's not good for your program to suck, and you need good players, and you need these young players that you're trying yeah. to develop to yeah. be surrounded by guys who can yeah. make plays and move the puck. Yeah. Just note, though, I think what you said on Provorov's contract yeah. is because Philly's eating 30% of it. Yeah, they are eating right? money on it. They are eating money on it. 30%. But but his total that he gets, I believe, is 4.7. No, I think it's higher than that. Is it? Yeah, I don't think that includes the 30%. So he's going to want 7 or $8 million. I guarantee you. You're correct. He makes 6.75. That's a... That that and and he's going to want to bump up now. If you're Columbus, a bump you, up. You, you, six point seven yes, five for a guy who hasn't yes, produced. Yes, no chance. Yes. I'm sorry. Where is he from? <laughs> they don't take pay cuts. Is <laughs> that okay. a thing? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Milstein Milstein's been doing work for him for sure. And yes, you can trade him. And yes, maybe it's even the a Kings first rounder. Paid the two million dollars, by the way. Sorry? The, the Kings, Kings paid, paid the, the $2 million. Million. Okay. Yeah. Not the Flyers. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, yeah. just it's yeah, all yeah. about the number. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, yes, you can trade him this time next year and yeah. get a pick or a prospect, but isn't this the problem with Columbus is actually getting players to stay? It is. You want them in and out like that, like it's a revolving door? How are you going to build anything? Yeah. No, well, I mean, but Kip, if you can't keep anyone unless you're good... You have to try to get good. Ah. You have to get good players. Yeah, they don't need to be good. Yarmo will keep his job. Yeah, he's apparently fine. in <laughs> he's perpetuity. He's, he's just going uh, to be employed. 
when I saw that trade and I just saw Provorov and that's it yeah. on a on a two year deal left. That's, the more that's, I think about it, the more I like it. That's just a trade to for for Yarmo to try to keep his job for the, another year. No, the more I like it. Why? The where? More I like Tell me it. where. Because you're going to have an asset that's Provorov, who's making four point seven, who's actually paid, you know, worth six point seven. So you, you're trading a cheap Provorov if you want to retain at the deadline. He's a first. You know, he's going to be a valuable asset for them. And in the short term, you hopefully win a few more games and put a guy on the ice who can play. That decor is kids. It's kids. I know Provorov's not exactly an old man, but they need some some bodies. You got to have some players on your team. Yeah, that's, I actually, that's fair. I actually believe that teams like Buffalo, what they did this past year, you got to take that step. The Devils took the step from the basement to the middle before they made a push. You got to work your way back to that middle first, and I don't hate it. All right. and There's pain coming. <laughs> Uh, what was that? There's pain. Coming. There's pain. Where's coming. There where's L.A. now on uh, a goaltender? So Peterson's out. Quick's out. Who's left there? Who's their goalie? Let me look this uh, up. Corpus Allo. Right. Right, 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 right. Uh, is he still under contract? No. no he's he's uh, available. He's UFA, is he not? Yes. So uh, Corpus Allo is UFA and Phoenix Copley is, makes 1.5 next year. So Copley. They're under pressure next year to win, aren't they? And yeah. Take another step. Only problem is no one knows who's a good goalie. That's a, a bit of a limitation. So Copley was a, <laughs> <laughs> Copley was a 903 save percentage. But like, who do you give the money to when Aiden Hill and Alex Lyon just played yeah. in the Cup final? Yeah. Do you, you know, do you want to go pay? So I guess the big name out there is Hellebuck, right? And yeah. actually, you know what? We should have talked about this before. In terms of the Leafs and remaking a core and a team and whatever, that the Winnipeg Jets, Frank Saravelli had at a 60% chance that Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois, and Hellebuck are all traded oh by next season. God. Now, Jason Gregory we, we, we've disagreed. Talked, I, we've talked about this, Kipper, since early last I said, year. I said a year and a half ago, Winnipeg will blow up. Right. And so and this Hellebuck's the name happen. out there is, is a team like L.A. then going to want him want hellebuck is that a team there's a number of teams you feel like okay they're gonna go all in for a goalie here so he's ufa after next year hellebuck is yeah and hellebuck is eligible to resign july 1st and he might be the next 10 million dollar goalie i thought those days were over carrie price (laughs) and bobrovsky took their teams to the cup final with their 10 million dollar deals maybe they validated the contracts i don't know caps going up you don't win with a $10 million goal in Stanley Cups. You don't until you do. Halibuck, he has had some good seasons, but this year he was legitimately all-world for the first half and then fell off a absolute cliff for the rest. Like, that was a big That was a big reason they were in first place. Look at Florida for the last four seasons. Halibuck's only 30. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I was right. just saying, like, uh, like, that thing was drowning the Florida Panthers until... Till it wasn't. Till it right. wasn't for six weeks. Hellebuck's last four seasons are 920, 910, 916, 922. He's got a 913, 924. Like he is as good a goalie. You can count on getting one of the league's best goalies. Or you could, you know, but what's he going to want for a term? If I'm him, I term, 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 term. Leafs got Ottinger, though, so they're fine. They do. The Waltinger, eight, Ottenwall. Eight. I. I'd be comfortable at eight, not ten. How many years are you gonna give him eight for? Well, he's five. Gonna want eight times eight. I know he is. I don't want to give anyone a contract until they're thirty-eight. He's thirty. He's thirty. 
Three, three, three times zero. eight for Hellebuck is a horrifying contract. Or, well, it's, it's just the term is like would, you would just. Yeah, you can't. That would keep you up. Get, I, I can't pay you that much money at thirty-eight. Yeah, you're like your goalie, your hips could explode no, tomorrow. Yeah, we yeah. need to go to break. Yeah, let's let's go. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll go to a break and then playoff picks after with Sammy or Real Kipper and Born. Uh, give us a rating and review if you get a chance. A thumbs up on our YouTube channel. We're glad you're all aboard. Back after these words. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, Sammy, hit us. All right, it's time for Playoff Picks, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. Uh, yeah, kind of, you know, slowing down a little bit here with the hockey. Oh. Them, they're taking a week off between games. Uh, your mic is off, Justin Bourne. Uh, so, but I'm looking ahead to tomorrow. Uh, same game parlay, which I love doing. And I think Vegas is going to continue to roll here. Mm-hmm. This has got broom material written all over it to me. Okay. Vegas minus... One and a half, so they have to win by two. Marcia so goal and Jack Eichel over uh, a half point in the game that pays plus 575. Which to me, Eichel and Marcia so been dominant together. That's something that could very easily happen. Now, to go a little bit off the board. Okay. Tonight, I like that, by the way. I like that bet. Thank you. Tonight, the NBA finals gets kicked back up again. I and mean, I'm loving this finals. NBA. I got an NBA pick for you, Kipper. <laughs> you ready? Ready. The Nuggets. Uh, absolutely love the Nuggets tonight. Everyone's a little bit down on them after they, they had a bad game against the Heat. Little same gamer for you. Jokic, 10 assists. Jamal Murray, over 20 points. And the Nuggets to win is plus 225. Uh, all of those seem extremely attainable to me. I think the Nuggets roll big time What's tonight. What's that series at? It's 1-1. One, one. The Heat just... And I love it, in basketball, it, too. You get, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, like, you get... The the swing and payout is so different on the road, so you get the better team with getting yeah, the like road dog. You're getting, you're getting value on yeah. the Nuggets tonight big time. Is there a chance that the NBA championship happens before the NHL? I think, And they start later than us, much I later? I don't know about that. I'd have to do some – I don't know. Why I think is it's that like happening? They, it could be this, like, a, part, a they, day apart. They used to finish – we used to finish way, way ahead yeah. of cl- the NBA. Not even close. Right? Yeah, it was way before. But I guess with COVID and all the different I don't things. see any reason why the NHL doesn't start up when kids go back to school. Like the other, you know, NFL kind of gets going. Like September, the leaves no, are it's turning. A, it's a college thing in the States. What do you mean? Uh, Football? Is that what you're yeah, about? it's a TV thing. I don't know. I just think it's the... It, Summer's over. We're getting into hockey by September. Why is puck drop, uh, drop October 13th? I don't know. Give me September 20th. Why are we finishing uh, like late June? That's what I'm saying. I shouldn't have pictures of my coworkers swinging golf clubs in June in shorts while we're talking about the cup final. And one more off the board for you. Like I said, RBC Canadian Open this weekend. Uh, I'll be attending Ooh. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And like I said on other shows, if you see me there, come say hello. Buy me a beer. I love beer. But one of these years, a Canadian is going to win the Canadian Open. It's just going to happen. It's the law averages. There's a ton of great players. Um, 
Adam Svensson has had an excellent year so far this this year. He's been in a lot of top 10s, a lot of top 20s, played well in big tournaments. He's at 66 to 1 to win the uh, the RBC Canadian Open. If if you put 10 bucks on him, you win 660 bucks. It's a big, nice bet for you. Uh, Give me a little Adam Svensson at the RBC Canadian Open this weekend. Have we heard anything more today on Live and PGA? Uh, I think... I Rory think this is today. far from a done deal. Rory spoke today on it. What did he say? He had a lot to say. He, was he pissed? Ah, uh, he kind of honestly. He wore it, huh? He kind of admitted defeat on it. Oh, he did. It's not so much that he admitted defeat to me as he said. Here you go. This is what he said. Okay. Rory on Saudi money. I've come to terms with it. I've resigned myself to it. This is what is going to happen. It's very hard to keep up with people who have more money than everyone else. Well, that kind of sounds like admitting defeat. And he, I watched it. The guy looks Yeah, I watched it too. Devastating. I would be furious with him. I mean, I, if yes. I was him, oh, I'd, yes. be, I'd be furious with uh, like that Commissioner Monaghan. He did say that we need to have some conversations because they talked about players getting compensated for not going That's to That's not live. happening. No. To, to me, I think... It's too late. Hey, that, sh- that ship sailed, buddy. Yeah. To, to me, I think there's a world where, you know, five or six of the top guys get a big payday. Where they're just like... Here you go. Here's, you know, it's just so rare for coming to get my bad money. But this, if anyone would, it's this PIA. Just, yeah. There's just no way of recovering that you took so many bullets for your PGA group yeah. and they bailed on you. I can't. This they Jay Monahan keeps. Jay Monahan keeps his job. No, not a chance. Done not it. a chance. And Rory that, has every reason to say, "Hey, listen, I can go. I can move forward, but I never oh, want to see your face ever again." Yeah. And that was Playoff Picks, presented by Bet365. <laughs> Visit the app for the latest odds. I will not, I will, I will not, see, you to, I will not see you tomorrow. I am at the Canadian Open. So enjoy yourselves, fellas. All right. Just like that. Al Morganti, thank you for coming on the show. And Mike Kelly, we are back again tomorrow. AJB. Hey, Let's do it. Me and you, baby. All right, man. Real Kipper and Bourne. Thanks for joining us.